0: Okay, we're back in this Tuesday afternoon. What's the old saying? Everything's happening. It's happening all at once. Going on right now, set to begin a meeting of the Ottawa Police Services Board. We are watching that with interest as reports are that Peter slowly has resigned as Ottawa's police chief. Let's welcome in Christian Leprecht, security expert professor at Queens University who joins us now for more. Christian, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right, the resignation of peter slowly just how much does this complicate an already pretty complicated situation in ottawa
1: well i mean it's like taking your hockey playoffs your team is already having a bit of a challenge uh trying to score any goals here and then the coach or you know the manager sort of quits on you so uh you know i think uh and i would probably equate it more to the coach because uh, i suspect it's sort of um uh challenges from management probably challenges from within the organization challenges from without the organization that ultimately caused the chief to say like look i can't do this go find someone else to do the job and it's a real problem in Ottawa because uh, one of the deputy chiefs in Ottawa is also suspended. So it's 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 kind of, um, is, is, or I should say, is, isn't also suspended, is suspended and has been for, for quite some time. So really, you now have a crisis and the local police service is left sort of rudderless. Uh, so who's going to pick up the pieces here?
0: Yeah. Is that obviously the biggest question moving forward? Because there's so many regarding this uh, news that's been breaking throughout the afternoon, because I think a lot of people, Christian, are wondering exactly why. Why did Peter slowly pull the plug? Did he not get the support that he was asking for or needed? Was he tired maybe of the constant criticism? Did he maybe not support the Emergencies uh, Act? Uh, Some are wondering about the timing that his resignation comes the day after that was uh, invoked.
1: What's the biggest question for you? So we can speculate about all that. But I would tell you, it's of course not. We already had another police chief resign this week in Peterborough. Um, And I think this is emblematic of the challenges, especially this province, but English Canada more broadly has in terms of police leadership, management and governance. And interesting enough, I think many of the criticisms that are being leveled at the Ottawa Police Service and particularly chief slowly are criticisms that other movements, including the Black Lives Matter, Uh, have leveled against police. And so I think what politicians, especially provincially, because they ultimately own policing in this province, need to take away from this, is that police governance, management, and leadership in this province is fundamentally broken, and that we completely need to rethink how we do law enforcement and policing in this province. It is not serving the public. It is not serving their own members. Look at police associations that are constantly aggrieved about their chiefs and the police leadership. And clearly it is not serving security and uh, community safety because if nothing else, what we're observing in Ottawa is a fundamental failure of the most basic function of the modern state, which is to provide safety and security for its population.
0: Okay, I want to switch and uh, switch gears here for a second and talk about yesterday. It was uh, history-making, the federal government invoking the Emergency Act uh, yesterday. Uh, give us your take on that, uh, Christian, because there's been a lot of debate in the last, uh, you know, a little less than 24 hours as to whether or not this was truly uh, necessary or is it perhaps going to prove to be a bit of an overreach?
1: Look, I think it's comical when we have to invoke the Emergencies Act to deal with a couple of thousand protesters in downtown Ottawa. I mean, other countries, mature countries in Europe, take France, take Germany, take the UK, regularly deal with protests of tens or hundreds of thousands of people. But what they do is they plan properly for them. Who in Ottawa had the uh, thought it was a good idea to let 400 trucks drive downtown for a demonstration? Why didn't we have them park the trucks on the outskirts of the city, provide some buses, you can take your banners and you can march downtown or whatever, and at the end of the day, we're going to bus you back out. Like We are making complete rookie mistakes, no concrete barriers, even so, to help direct traffic when the truckers showed up. Uh, Intelligence, so security intelligence, ceases. criminal intelligence, the RCMP, nothing from them to seem to warn the poor Ottawa Police Service that is hopelessly under-resourced, as Chief Slowly had uh, had said, very early early on in this, um, to be able to warn them for what's coming. Where's the police surge capacity? Peter slowly has been asking for two weeks for 1800 officers. The federal government owns a police force with 17,000 uniformed members. The province owns a police force with a little over 6,000 members, but I think there's simply not enough OPP officers uh, to, uh, to police what's going on in Ottawa. Like this looks to me just like a colossal fundamental failure in terms of planning and in terms of response and, Yes, there's probably many things that Peter slowly could have done better. But I think in many ways, he was also handed a dog's breakfast to begin with. This, you know, a little counterfactual for you. If this had happened in Gatineau, it would have never transpired like this because Quebec has tiered policing, six tiers of policing, depending on how how large your city is that determines what powers your police service has. Only two police services in Quebec have all the powers, which is the SPVM in Montreal and the Sûreté du Québec, so the Provincial Police Force. The SQ would have been in charge in Gatineau and they have the experience to make sure that the mistakes that were made in Ottawa would have never happened. So this is a dysfunction of of the way we do policing and law enforcement in this country. And Chief Sloly's resignation is simply symptomatic of much broader, profound underlying problems.
0: Is it clear yet, uh, Christian, to you and to others, to other observers, where exactly the ball was dropped when it comes to Ottawa? You and I spoke uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago uh, regarding the response at Queen's Park, Toronto, and just how it differed to uh, what happened and what continues to happen in Ottawa. Is this just a case of the Ottawa police The uh, mayor of Ottawa, did they underestimate uh, what was happening here with the uh, trucker convoy and the trucker protest? Or was it the fact it was on Parliament Hill and maybe they thought the federal government, it was their jurisdiction, they were going to take care of it? Do we know what uh, happened there?
1: So this is the national capital. And it appears nobody had a plan for what might happen if there's a major disruption in our national capital. I mean, like after 2014, when somebody walked in and shot our parliament, presumably we would have made significant changes to our national security posture. And yet it seems we're completely unable to coordinate. I mean, even yesterday, yes, the prime minister makes his announcement. But where's the common communication strategy? I was looking for the premier and the mayor of Ottawa to stand by his side to make sure we have one clear strategy. We show that we're united. I was looking for the Ottawa police chief, the commissioner of the OPP and the commissioner of the RCMP to stand behind them to send a clear signal. We have a strategy. Here's the message for you folks down in front of Parliament Hill. It's time to clear out because in six hours, we're bringing in the water cannons and we're bringing in the tactical teams and you're going to be forced to go home and you're all going to be arrested and you're all going to get criminal records um, and you're all going to get $100,000 fines. Where is the the wherewithal to re-establish the rule of law in this country? The protesters are throwing out a fundamental challenge. They're snubbing their nose at the rule of law. They're snubbing their nose at the integrity of our parliament, calling for the downfall of our prime minister. That's seditious. They're undermining our constitutional order, and the state is nowhere to be seen. To the contrary, we have federal ministers of the crown pointing fingers at the local chief of police, are not acting properly when this is really fundamentally a problem that the federal government needs to own. It has the largest police force. It has the intelligence services. They fundamentally failed Ottawa. I think the entire response has been a complete boondoggle. The province only acts when it's a threat to certain ridings that Premier Ford ultimately needs to win. And so we leave the impression that we're here to defend the economy. No, we're here to defend the rule of law and the constitutional order.
0: All right. Another headline that has emerged today is about the funding, Christian, and in in particular that uh, Give, Send, Go uh, funding uh, platform. And it has been uh, discovered and reported that uh, nearly 41% of the more than uh, almost $11 million donated to the Freedom Convoy has actually come from the United States through this online funding platform. How concerning is that and what does that tell us, if anything?
1: Look, I've spent 20 years studying global financial crime. This should not come as a surprise to anybody. We've had now an 18-month inquiry in British Columbia, the Calum Commission on Money Laundering in British Columbia, that is going to report in mid-May. I've testified before the commission, if you followed the hearings, the report is gonna be scathing. These are all things that we knew, but as long as it was uh, kleptocrats from Russia and from China and where else, bringing their money into the country, Um, The politicians kind of turn a blind eye because it's kind of like, well, you know, they're sort of investing in the country, they're buying houses and property values are going up. So that's good for the municipalities because then they can charge more property tax. And people like myself have been warning for over a decade that there are very nefarious consequences to this type of attitude of making yourself, which Canada is, a safe haven in the world for people to park their illicit funds. And so, you know, all of a sudden, we're deeply concerned about the money that's coming into the country. There's nothing new here. There's nothing that we didn't know. and, And we take these very homeopathic sort of national security postures. Australia in 2018 and 2020 significantly altered its laws to be able to thwart this type of foreign interference. In Australia, there's legislation that would have allowed the government to stop and seize Uh, flows of money associated with this type of activity. In Canada, we need emergency measures in order to institute that. We are so behind the eight ball in this country and we need to wake up. It's the 21st century flows of money, of ideas, of people are global. And yet our institutions, our laws, our capacities are simply not postured for the challenges that we see. That's the lesson. That's the takeaway from what's happening in Ottawa and what's happening around the country.
0: Well, it seems like the last two, three weeks, there have been a number of these uh, wake up calls and uh, time will tell uh, who or if anyone is truly uh, listening. Christian, I got to leave it there for now. Really appreciate the insight and the conversation as always. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. I hope we have a Royal Commission that looks into what went wrong here.
0: All right. There is Christian Christian Leprecht, security expert professor at Queen's University. And we're back after this break here on The Jeff MacArthur Show.